Good morning, everybody. I'm feeling very well amplified with these two microphones. It's <laughs> that's very good. Okay. Welcome to our nine o'clock said communion. Um, just a couple of notices before we start. Uh, we've got our one prayer meeting tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, so all are welcome to that. That'll be in here at 7 o'clock this evening. Uh, Anna Engler's funeral is this coming Friday at the crematorium at uh, 12.30 p.m. All are very welcome to attend that. Uh, are there any other notices that we need to be given? Eleanor, I thought it might be. forgot I meant to do this. Um, Cheryl and I have had a conversation about the soup lunch two weeks today. Um, changed. Still going on, but it's not soup. It's please bring your own sandwiches because we thought soup might not be right in this lovely hot weather. Anyway, bring your own sandwiches and we will provide cakes and nice soft drinks and tea and coffee. So that is two weeks time um, same time, same place, bring your own sandwiches. I hope that's okay. Thank oh, there is a sign-up list, but if you don't sign up, it doesn't matter, but it just gives us an idea about we want enough cakes. I thank you. Thanks, Peter. Okay. So this is a said communion. So uh, no hymns or songs and no words on the screen. Hopefully you have your purple booklets, which we will be using throughout the service. So we're going to start on page one and pray the prayer preparation together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. So we come before God to confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and peace with all. Praying together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Let's just keep a moment of quiet before I say the absolution.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We'll say the Gloria together if you, are, if you are able to stand as we say this together. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Please do be seated. <clears throat> the, collect, the collect for the fourth Sunday after Trinity. Gracious Father, by the obedience of Jesus, you brought salvation to our wayward world. Draw us into harmony with your will, that we might find all things restored in him, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. John is going to bring us our Bible reading. Our reading today is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became the servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is the word of the Lord.
Well, we all love a good mystery, don't we? Um, I love reading uh, murder mystery novels, particularly Agatha Christie. And uh, she is known as as the queen of that genre, isn't she? The queen of the murder mystery genre. And of all of her characters, uh, my favorite is Miss Marple. Uh, Miss Marple is this uh, shy, uh, gentle, quiet, uh, old English lady who's living in a very small uh, English village. And yet she has a very keen mind and a very quick eye for detail. Uh, she manages in all of those stories, in all those, those uh, um, detective novels, she always discovers who is the true culprit, who is the, the one who has committed that dastardly murder. In, it's always in the vicarage back garden or something like that, isn't it? Something like that. But uh, she's always the one who identifies the guilty person while the police inspector is baffled and just doesn't really know what is going on at all. Uh, there are, of course, other mysteries in life, aren't there? Uh, there are profound mysteries of, you know, how did God make this world to be so amazing in its variety? Uh, there are famous mysteries like the disappearance of the Mary Celeste. And, of course, there are the sort of plain, silly mysteries as to why husbands can never find their glasses without asking their wives where they last put them. But mysteries baffle us, don't they? These, 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 uh, these things intrigue us. They keep us hanging on until the answer is revealed. And, of course, in Agatha Christie, it's always revealed uh, with the group together, and then she says it was, it was that person there. And St. Paul is the bringer, announcer of another mystery. He is the announcer of a mystery that he is at pains to explain to his Ephesian audience as he writes to them. It is a mystery that is the greatest and it's the most profound mystery that this world has ever had to grapple with and still grapples with now. And in fact, that word mystery, if you have this open before you read it later on maybe, uh, that word mystery is, is again and again used by Paul in this reading in Ephesians 3. So in verse 3, he says, It is a mystery made known to me by revelation. And in verse 4, he wants them to understand his insight into the mystery of Christ. And then in verse 6, he explains this is the mystery of the gospel. And then in verse 9, he makes plain the administration of this mystery. And so Paul is is falling over, it seems, backwards to to sort of get across to his audience, to to those who are hearing him and, and reading his letter, that what he is saying here is the most amazing, most astounding and most wonderful news. And he's just trying to say that again and again and again about this mystery of Christ. And then he says what it is in verse 6. This mystery, he says, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Now that takes some unpacking, and at the 10 o'clock I'll unpack what that verse means a bit more. But basically he's trying to put across the mystery that the church, that is you and I and all the people around the world who call themselves part of the church, together we are partakers in the wonder of the plan of Christ for salvation. We are members together in that amazing plan of salvation that Jesus has, that God has, that Trinity has for the world. 
And as I said last week, we're thinking about this bigger question, the broader question, what is the purpose of the church? What is the meaning of the church? What is our aim? What are we here for? Uh, Why has God put us together in this time and in this place as church? I'm only going to put across one big truth that comes out of this reading, but it's there in verse 6. And one of them is this, this big truth, that we are heirs together. We are heirs together. Paul says that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. And I wonder what that makes you think when you think that you are an heir together with Christ. Paul has said, he's, he's making it very plain, he's making it very obvious, isn't he? He's saying again and again that you and I, with all those around the world who are part of the church of Jesus Christ, who have made Jesus their Lord and their Savior, that we together are inheritors of the kingdom of God. And when you pause and, and try and understand that and take that in that is really breathtaking in 2016 just a few years ago the duke of westminster died and his oldest son is was then 25 his name name is hugh grosvenor and at that age of of 25 as his father died he uh, inherited a huge fortune Um, you probably know that the, the duke of westminster's own um, some of the most exclusive parts of West London, you, you know, um, uh, Knightsbridge, Mayfair, um, all those very, very expensive parts of West London. They own the land. They are owners of that land. And so <clears throat> he, was, he has now inherited a huge family fortune. Um, it's been estimated it's worth about £9 billion. So at the age of 25, he became a man of immense wealth. And uh, he also owns this uh, house in Cheshire, <clears throat> excuse me, called Eaton Hall. It's uh, their family seat uh, in Cheshire. So just imagine one day he's uh, an unknown, really, and then the next day when he and his father dies, he becomes this, uh, uh, an amazing um, landowner, uh, inheritor of a massive fortune. Uh, one day he's not on the list of the, of the, the, most, uh, uh, the millionaires or billionaires of this, this, of this country, and the next he is. He's third on the list. And yet, when we compare our inheritance as children of God, there is no comparison. Because Paul says, together with Israel, we are heirs of the kingdom of God. The inheritance that we have, whether we realize it or not as believers in Jesus, our inheritance outstrips Hugh Grosvenor. It outstrips any billionaire around the world because our destiny reaches into eternity as children of God. So let me encourage you this morning to take into your heart, take into your mind, to take into your soul that we are together with Israel inheritors of the kingdom of God. We have in line for us unimaginable blessings. In fact, those blessings begin right now, of course, don't they? Anything this world has to offer fades into insignificance against the promises that God has made for us. Amen. And so, as children of God, as those who are inheritors of the kingdom of God, we're going to proclaim and announce what we believe aloud as we say the creed together. You'll find it on page three. 
And if you're able, please do stand with me. And so we say the creed together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please do be seated as we pray. And for our intercessions today, I'm going to use Form A, which you'll find on page 32 in your booklets. So Form A on page 32. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. Strengthen Michael, our Bishop, and Sarah, our area Bishop, and all your church in the service of Christ, that those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Bless and guide Charles, our King. Give wisdom to all in authority and direct this and every nation in the ways of justice and of peace, that we may honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Give grace to us, our families and friends, and to all our neighbours, that we may serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit. And all particularly today, we lift Colin Chalkley to you as he is there in Telford Hospital. We pray that you would comfort him and sustain him, bring healing to his body. 
And thank you for all the staff who are attending him and the NHS up and down this land. We thank you for them and we pray for them. And in a moment of quiet, lift to the Lord anyone else you know who needs his touch right now. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. And we particularly lift to you the family and friends of Anne Engler as her funeral approaches. We ask that you would be with them as they prepare for Friday. According to your promises, grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole of creation to your unfailing love. Amen. And so we're going to share the peace with each other. Uh, remember, do share this in a COVID-friendly way. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share his peace with each other. We're going to use Eucharistic Prayer E, which is on page 10. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you, with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son,
on the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice, made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all faith, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. And so we join in together to pray the prayer that Jesus has taught us, the Lord's Prayer, on page 16. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Most merciful Lord, your love compels us to come in. Our hands were unclean, our hearts were unprepared. We were not fit even to eat the crumbs from under your table. But you, Lord, are the God of our salvation, and share your bread with sinners. So cleanse and feed us with the precious body and blood of your Son, that he may live in us and we in him, and that we with the whole company of Christ may sit and eat in your kingdom. Amen. So we continue our normal custom of sharing the bread from the middle table and the wine from either side, and the non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the chair.
body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. blood of Christ. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. And so we pray together the prayer at the top of page 17 following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And so may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and keep you this day and always. Amen. And so we go in peace and love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.